Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Hack to Start, a podcast that focuses on amazing people who have an interesting story or perspective to share and their insights on how they got to the level of success they have today. Thanks for joining Tyler and I for another episode. This is episode 122, and today we'll be chatting with Joel Flory, the co-founder and CEO of Visco. Joel turned his passion for travel and seeing the world through photographs into a career as a professional photographer. After more than 10 years of running his own business, he and his co-founder Greg set out to build something that would fill in the many gaps they saw in the industry. Visual Splat Company was born in 2011. The company has evolved from a series of photography workshops to a film emulation plugin for Photoshop and Illustrator, and then made the jump to mobile as a simple photo editing app in 2013 before becoming the product it is today. Visco is now used by more than 45 million active users worldwide. While they were initially bootstrapped for the first three years of business, they've since raised over $70 million to continue to build their platform and creative community. Joel joins us to share his story, what it's been like building Visco, why their community is incredibly important to the company, how they've grown over the years, how they've approached raising money, what's next for the platform, and much more. So once again, we'd like to welcome you to the show. Feel free to tweet us at hack to start drop us an email at hey at hacktostart.com, or share your feedback right on iTunes with a review. Good or bad, we'd love to hear from you. So let's get started. Hey, Joel, thanks so much for being on the show today. Oh, likewise. I'm really excited to be on with you guys. Yeah, man. Thanks. Uh, we're, we're really, really excited to, to speak with you and then hear you know, your awesome story and how you've built uh, Visco. So before we dive into that, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Like, where are you from and what did you study? Yeah, kind of born and raised in the Bay Area. Grew up in a town called San Leandro, um, just south of Oakland, and went to university at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Studied industrial technology, um, which is the business management of engineering, but quickly kind of set out traveling and uh, moved to Seattle and became a photographer upon graduation. And so 10 years of a career as a professional photographer, also working at a few startups here and there um, as they came as opportunities came around. Um, but really just found my passion in, in taking photos um, and built a business off of that and did that for a little over 10 years um, until starting Visco. That's awesome. And so exploring that a little bit more, where did your passion for photography, you know, kind of come from and, and how did that merge into uh, an interest for technology? I mean, photography has been something from my earliest days that I remember my mom um, would take us to every museum or gallery within the Bay Area whenever they had their free day for the month. And so I really something that I just spent my entire childhood seeing different uh, photos, at different exhibits. Um, it was something that, you know, I just my earliest memories are around seeing the world, uh, seeing the world through other people's eyes. And so it was something that I, I loved, stuck with me and traveled a lot while in college and, you know, took a lot of photos as I traveled through Europe and Africa, lived in Whistler as a ski bum for a winter and, you know, picked up a, a skill that I think, you know, I ha had a great eye. And so friends started asking me to shoot events for them and um, started doing that while in college. Um, and it just really took off. And so it was something that I don't know if I really set out to be a professional photographer, but through word of mouth and through getting a business off the ground, it was something that just really started and took off. It's really cool. And so speaking a lot about some of the traveling that you've done, has there been a place or a trip in particular that kind of stands out or, or was pivotal in kind of your journeys? 
Man, every trip really has formed a, a, a part of who I am. Probably one of my favorite trips of all is has been down in uh, Chile and Argentina in the Patagonia region. Uh, my wife and I traveled with two other friends for a little under a month uh, and drove on Route 40 and explored really kind of untouched wilderness. And so, uh, you know, really remember a lot of those uh, windblown uh, landscapes and kind of the ruggedness and always a big sucker for the outdoors. So that's probably one of my favorite places I've traveled uh, and favorite trips I've been on. Yeah, sounds incredible. So kind of coming back to, you know, as, as you mentioned that you were a photographer for a while and then were involved with numerous startups. Can you tell us a little bit more about like how you actually started your career and, and like, you know, what was it like trying to make it as a photographer, um, you know, I guess for 10 years? Yeah, it was something that, you know, I think in the first year and two years, I ran a business and did uh, graphic design and photography, um, tried a little bit of everything from designing custom branding to marketing materials and ads for brands, did commercial work in photography in the music industry uh, and a few others, and really tried to find my my place. And, and really that was within weddings and portrait work. And it was something that um, you know, I think there's a stigma around for most photographers. It's not something that's glamorous, but it, at first, you know, it really paid the bills, but I really fell in love with it. And it was something that, you know, my wife and I worked together for eight of the 10 years shooting together. And it was something that, you know, I look back upon those times as some of my fondest memories of really getting to be with people on one of the happiest days of their lives and in capturing moments in time that people really cherish and hold on to for the rest of their life. And it's a, there's a lot of responsibility with it. Um, but it brought me a lot of joy. Um, it was something that, you know, I, I look back upon and extremely thankful for that opportunity. I can only imagine, but it's incredible to be able to pursue your passion like that. So transitioning from being a photographer to today where you're the CEO and co-founder of Visco, for those who may not know, can you tell us a bit more about Visco and what really motivated you to start it? Visco is a community of expression, um, really with redefining the way that people create, discover, and connect through images and words. Uh, and it's it's had a journey over time. Really excited about the journey of where it's going. Um, but founded in 2011, not a lot of direction of where we were going to take it other than uh, myself, a professional photographer for 10 years, and Greg, co-founder, was an art director and creative director for 15. We knew there was something missing within our respective fields of it lacked community. Um, and it lacked community and it lacked companies that understood those that were using their tools and services. And so we set out to build something that we ourselves would use and want to be a part of and do it in a way that hadn't been done before. And that's really the birth of Visco. And we named it Visual Supply Company because we wanted to do anything and everything kind of under the sun as it related to creativity and felt a name like that would al allow for that opportunity. Um, and so that was 2011. I uh, launched a workshop followed by launching a product in November of 2011 called Visco Film, which is a film emulation tool for Lightroom and Photoshop. Um, you can kind of think of it as a plugin, but uh, actually works natively within those programs um, and really has improved, you know, hundreds of thousands of people's uh, workflow as it comes to professional photography. And from there, it just kept building. And we kept highlighting those that were using our products, built a mobile app in April of 2012, um, that was purely just to edit photos and to share to other platforms. But from there, this community grew and we wanted to build a platform ourselves where people could be who they were without really the pressures of likes and comments and really that social anxiety that we found on other platforms. And so Visco as it is today was really born out of that time. And that was in uh, 2013. 
And so it's something that we've continued to evolve over time. I mean, I think most people uh, knew us or know us from the tools and the best way to edit photos on a mobile device. Um, but really what's growing and, and what we're most excited about is this community of expressing, a place where you can be you and share the things that you see in your everyday life without the pressures that you might find on other platforms. And so that's where we're seeing explosive growth and really excited about the future. That's an amazing story. It's so cool to see how you guys have evolved over the years. So speaking about that a little bit, so what have been like some of the biggest challenges in the early days and that you had to overcome? Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, I think every day brings a new set of challenges, but that's really what's exciting about this opportunity. Um, it's something that, you know, I really cherish. Even the difficult moments are something that our experiences to learn from, uh, to better myself and better the company um, and really help us excel for the future. So probably some of the biggest ones has just been the different periods of change and growth. Um, and the company that it was in 2011 was different really every three to six months from the team would double in size, revenue would double in size, and the community would double in size. And so each kind of period of three to six months brought all these new challenges um, of growing a business and really kind of growing up alongside it um, as a CEO and founder. You know, I think it's every day's new set of challenges, but that's really been what's been exciting. It's never the same thing. Um, and it's always growing and always changing. And I feel very fortunate for that. I know that's amazing. So community, as you mentioned, is obviously a super important part of Visco. How do you guys approach building a strong community for users and just photographers within Visco? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. I mean, I think it's something that, again, has evolved over time, as with, with most things here at Visco. But I think really where it started and what will always stay true is that uh, we've always put the community first. Uh, we've always thought through every product decision, uh, every company decision through the lens of first and foremost, its impact on the community and how it will be perceived, the value it would bring, the value it would take away. And that's the first and foremost, the lens that we run every decision that we make through. So it, it's something that's very, very important to what we do. And it's something that we take a look at for the future as being the thing that excites me the most is to continuing continuing to see that community evolve over time. So, you know, I think it's first and foremost, it started out as something that was fairly easy for me because I myself was really clearly a part of the majority of the community. Uh, people that kind of males, semi to professional photographers, US based. Um, but over time, that community's grown and evolved where today the Visco community is 80% outside the US, 75% female and 75% under the age of 25. So, you know, I, I don't make up any of those anymore. Um, so that part of it's changed as far as my kind of deep understanding of the needs of the community. Mm -hmm. um, but that hasn't stopped my desire to find out what those needs are from those within the community. And it's something that we've prided ourselves on and will continue to really be key to who we are is to be very close with our community, to listen to them, to never be too proud to, to change something um, mm -hmm. or to say we we're wrong, but also never too proud to not listen and, and kind of take things into consideration. That's amazing. Where's the biggest community of Visco users? So it's really distributed fairly evenly. If you were to kind of break things uh, into continents from the standpoint of Asia is the largest, mm -hmm. followed by North America, followed by Europe. But, you know, it's really strong. Southeast Asia, um, Malaysia, Indonesia are really vibrant communities. South Korea, China, Japan, um, mm -hmm. everything is, is really, you know, strong and vibrant and growing. Scandinavia is absolutely vibrant part of the Visco community. It's really exciting to see Brazil and Mexico have really been growing a lot in the recent months. 
So there's active community members within every country in the world. And so it's really exciting to see, you know, what it is for someone who's 18 years old in each of these countries and what they see around them um, and to kind of see that we are all very similar. I don't know, that's... A lot of the same challenges in life. So on the topic of community, Visco currently has more than 45 million active users. How did you guys go about getting some of your first users and what have been some of the most effective tactics or channels to continue growing? Everything's been 100% organic. Um, it's something that uh, Visco has been built off of word of mouth and it's where we started. And to be honest, it's where we'll continue to grow and really focus. Um, it's something where the company was started off of five tweets to launch our first product. Um, and from then, Everything's been focused on engaging with our community through social channels, as well as highlighting our community through original content. Um, and those have been the main focal points of ours. As we continue to grow, looking to really bring that more on platform. So a lot of those functions happen on other people's platforms, and it's continuing to work and bring that Visco community's engagement within Visco completely. Those are some great tactics, and it's amazing to see the Visco community continuously grow. So you've been able to raise more than $70 million for Visco. What was this process like for you, and do you have any tips to share with other entrepreneurs? So I always put a huge asterisk next to our fundraising and my advice, because I'm, I'm probably one of the worst people to get it from, other than the fact that I'll tell you to go out and build an amazing product, um, because you know we went two and a half years in, 43 employees without raising any capital. And so it was something that, you know, we were profitable from day one. And so our fundraising experience was was very different. It was very much a growth round, a $40 million Series A from Excel. And it was not something that I, I've, I've never even talked to angel investors or seed investors in any of your really traditional Series A firms. So it's it's something that, you know, at that time on, for Series A, didn't make trips down Sand Hill Road, really focused on building a great product, um, staying true to who we were and who we are. And so, you know, by and large, though, if you're able to do that, um, there's been a lot of great success from that. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I really loved Excel um, as a firm that, you know, we took our Series A from. They'd done something very similar with quite a few other companies. Most recently, Atlassian was really the only outside capital and they were profitable when they took the round and, and something that they didn't need, but there was a lot of value uh, from our end, just the growth was explosive and we had been curbing the growth within Visco and it was kind of invite only for you to be able to post to our platform, the apps free, but to get an account to actually share to Visco, um, we had to kind of let you in off of a waiting list and we just saw our server costs rising and rising and rising, which is a great problem to have. And that's another great thing if you're going to go raise a round to basically say we need money because our server costs are getting so high. So again, I kind of had, if you were to list out like all the competitive advantages you would want on your side for going into a round, as well as it was the perfect time. Uh, 2014, there couldn't have been a better fundraising environment. You know, today, it's a very difficult environment for others, which is why I first and foremost tell any any entrepreneur, just build an amazing product and an amazing team. Everything else, there's ways around it and you can kind of figure it out. But those are the two things to, to focus on and you'll be successful in all areas. Yeah, absolutely. Some great advice. And focusing on, you know, building a great team, the Visco team is now more than 150 people on both coasts. So talking a little bit more about building that, how do you balance finding the right people and, and staying true to the culture that, you know, you would have laid out as a founder? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, you know, as, as with everything, it evolves over time. You know, I think early on, there was a lot more intuition. Um, there was a lot more of who you know or referrals. 
Um, but over time, you know, great hires. We have a, a woman by the name of Katie Shields, who's our VP of People Ops, um, which for those that aren't familiar, People Ops is people operations. It's kind of the new term for HR and one where I didn't know why, but now I see just the most incredible value out of. And it's one of the keys to our success. Um, and one of the things that I focus the majority of my time on is really the dynamics within the company um, and how we work together efficiently and effectively. Um, and so, you know, it's a set of core values that have been there since day one um, that you continue to really hire on, promote on, um, and really coach people around, consistency around that. But a lot of it also is being honest, being transparent, vulnerable, and willing to grow because it's something that none of us have it completely figured out and no employee is perfect. And so really understanding that and working with each other to grow together has been key for us. That's really cool. And so speaking of that growth, you guys have actually had, you know, some pretty amazing partnerships over the years with different companies, organizations, and even individual creatives like Nike or the World Wildlife Federation or, you know, individual artists like Taku. So how do you approach making these types of partnerships happen? Yeah, so 100% of that's inbound. And so it's something that, you know, we're first and foremost, kind of back to that lens of what's best for the community. So even if we do a partnership with a brand that maybe is not an integral part of our community, um, it has to have some form of outcome in which the community wins. So either hiring the community. So we do a lot of commissioning for brands and helping them hire members within the Visco community, licensing people's content if they're wanting to with from within the Visco community, collaborations around presets, again, providing a free tool to the community, as well as highlighting, not for all, but for some, an unknown artist like Taku and their work to kind of bring it to a more global perspective and to the Visco audience. So it's something that we look at from a perspective of um, how can the community win? We take a look at how does the community win? How does the content creator win? How does the brand win? And how does Visco win? And every initiative that we look at, all four uh, groups need to win. And so it, it makes it easy because we strike out any deals where someone doesn't win. And then ultimately, you know, the real key for us is that Visco from the beginning was never built to be a platform in which we monetized eyeballs. Um, it was something very key for Greg and I in starting this business is that we saw so many great platforms fall by the wayside because they grew so large and had to continue to grow in order to monetize based on just the number of people looking at content on their platform. So for Visco, it was key that our growth would be great as it continues to grow, but our business model is not dependent upon those numbers growing to keep up with some of the other kind of display platforms. And so we look at a community of content creators that can power the world's content needs. And so that's something that we don't need to have the same number as everyone. We just have to have the best community of content creators, the best tools for them, um, and give them an opportunity in a marketplace around their content and their uh, services. Yeah, absolutely. It's really cool. And, you know, I love hearing the evolution of, of the platform and the product always being focused on the tools from the plug-in to, you know, the app and everything you guys have done in between and, and kind of continuing that that tangent. You know, Visco launched a second app called Disco for Gifts. So what really motivated you to launch that kind of app? And what was that whole process like for, you know, you as a company? Yeah, it's a, it's a great app. I love it. Uh, one of my favorite things to use. And if you actually look at my Visco, you'll notice I post a lot of uh, Disco's there. It's one of my favorite ways to kind of express myself. You know, and I think for us, as things have grown and scaled, there's been more complexity around putting something new within the app. And so Disco was an experiment in order to create something fast and to get it out and to experiment. I mean, it's something that we've seen a lot of great, a lot of great content created through it. 
and something that you know will continue to evolve in how it fits within the overall Visco ecosystem. But yeah, it was a great experiment. Um, I love it. It's something that I use on a daily basis. And so looking for ways to improve that experience and bring that within Visco. Cool. We'll have to uh, stay tuned and, and see how that continues to play out. Definitely. So you mentioned it a little bit, but how has your day-to-day role kind of continued to evolve over the years and, and what's it like now? And if you can chat with us a little bit more about sort of the evolution of the product, what's next for Visco? Yeah. So as it relates to kind of my role, again, it's, <laughs> as with all these things, somewhat of a repeating a record there, but um, it's evolved over time. But really where it stands is that you know, my core goal is to build the best team possible. Um, and empower them and equip them with what they need in order to build the best product and brand and community possible. And so I spend the majority of my time recruiting that team and really finding and working on ways that we communicate more efficiently and effectively, um, that we understand what everyone's working on and how to best work together. Something that's been really key for me um, is always reading. Um, But one of the books that really stood out for me was a book by uh, Patrick Lencioni, um, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And so he's had a series of other books followed up that with the book called The Advantage. And he goes on to say that in today's day and age, that technology or a product, people can really kind of mimic each other and kind of create a copycat, something that looks and functions the same. But a company's true competitive advantage lies within its walls. And that's its team and its ability as a team to outmaneuver, outhustle and outbuild a competitor. And so that's where I spend a, an overwhelming majority of my time is focused on ensuring that we have the best team running to the best of our ability, as well as then I really spend a, an overwhelming majority of my time focused on our product. So it's exciting. I love it. Every day is new and, and something that I wake up looking forward to. So as far as the future goes, we, we look at three kind of really key areas that we want to redefine. And that's the way that people create content, um, discover it and connect with others. And really through this lens of building the future of expression and how we put ourselves out there of saying, if you want to know who I am, check out my Visco is something that, you know, really we want to continue to build towards so that that's a common sentiment amongst uh, everyone in the world. And so, you know, it's what we'll continue to kind of really push the boundaries on is the way that people create the tools needed for that, um, what it means to be expressive, both digitally and physically. Um, and so it's something that, you know, we're looking at from all angles. Um, and on the Discover side of things, they're already some of the most amazing content in the world lives on Visco. And so we've been making huge strides on improving search and discoverability. Um, and it's something that, you know, we've opened up from a few hundred thousand to a few hundred million images that you can now search. And we're building very robust systems in computer vision and machine learning through quality and content and subject matter. Um, you'll start to see a lot more features roll out from us in that area. And finally, the connect side of things, to be quite honest, is pretty much non-existent on our platform other than the ability to follow someone and to find your friends. And that's an area where we have a lot of a lot of our future product roadmap will be around how do you meaningfully connect with others in the community? How do you collaborate? How do you communicate? Um, and what does that mean for the future of social media? And how do we redefine that and not just do it the way that everyone else has? Yeah, absolutely. Sounds cool and uh, like an awesome challenge to to undertake that I'm sure you guys will will accomplish uh, very, very well moving forward. Yeah, that's what we get up for each day. That's that's what we're all here um, doing. So we're excited. Yeah, absolutely. Really looking forward to seeing how, you know, the, the platform and the company continues to evolve. So on that note, what have been some of the most memorable milestones, you know, in your career so far, looking back at some of the product launches you've had or anything like that? 
You know, I think the majority of those moments really come from the community and how they use the platform to express themselves and kind of what we see. So when you walk into the office, we have displayed on a large wall, a projector showing content from the community. And it's something where, you know, I want everyone as they walk into the office to remember why we're doing what we do. And so it's really seeing how people are using our platform and our ecosystem to express themselves. And so probably my most memorable moments have come from specific content that's been created that we've seen. There's a Visco user goes by uh, Philography. Uh, his name's Phil. And I remember when the day we launched the ability to create long form content and we were all waiting to kind of see what was the first journal post that was created by a user. Everyone's waiting. We have like these streamers. We're excited. It's this big launch champagne been about a 10-month project. And finally, the first journal article came through. And everyone in the office, there's about 75 people at this point, pull it up on their screen. And all of a sudden, it's silence. And Phil had heard that we were going to be launching kind of a journal-esque feature. And so he saved this post. And it was about his mom's battle with cancer and her passing. What was streamers turned to tears and Kleenexes being passed just across the office and there was a sentiment of everyone got back to work because they wanted to continue to provide the tools for someone like Phil to share his story. And so I look back and uh, with Devin Allen and, and the Baltimore riots and, and the photo that graced the cover of Time Magazine, you know, shared to Visco. And there's so many pivotal moments throughout the years that we've been around thus far that the community has been using the tools and really sharing with each other. And so for me, Nothing excites me more. Nothing is more satisfying than that. The fundraising, the product launches, the the awards, it really pales in comparison to seeing what the community creates. And it's not just the professionals, too, because I think that's something that, you know, I think was very early on was like, oh, it's easy. Visco is filled with a bunch of professionals, you know, but hearing, you know, a young 15 year old girl kind of share her struggle with depression um, and feeling that Visco is the first place for her to be safe to share that because someone can't comment and troll. Those stories are, those are what inspire me and everyone within this office to get back and to continue to build the, the product to the best of our ability. Wow, those are some great stories. And I look forward to seeing how you guys evolve again over the upcoming months and years. But on a different note, what are some cool apps and tools that you've downloaded or used recently? Yeah, there, there's a few. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with an app called Goat. So it's a sneaker, kind of sneakerhead app. And so been using it to find great new shoes um, and they have these great features around. I put in my shoe size and they notify me when a price drops on it or they find another store that has them for sale for less. Um, so that's been one that I've been a big fan of. Really great, clean design. Yeah, um, look and at also, it now. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. The, I just met the team there um, last week at an event um, and was really impressed. So I'm a big fan of that. Big fan of Nuzzle. Use it to kind of really kind of create everything I had hoped Twitter would be and, and things that I would want out of Facebook, but really to aggregate um, news within my Facebook and Twitter feeds. And so uh, really love the daily wrap-up email. And it's kind of a, these are the things, and you set a threshold that five or more of my friends have shared. And so it will kind of give me the news based upon that. Or I can kind of see someone and see what their social feed looks like of what five or more of their friends have shared. And so you can kind of see things from different perspectives. And so, um, you know, that's one that I found a lot of value in. And then I'm a sucker for architecture, design, um, and really love what Dwell's done to kind of really, you know, hopefully 
evolved past just a magazine to you know an app and community and been really loving digging around that. Those are all really great recommendations. So do you have anything on the content side that you've read lately, either a book, video, or blog post? Yeah, so I, I read a ton. Um, and I should probably say this on a, you know, it's probably not the coolest app I've downloaded recently, but I use daily and that's Audible. So huge, huge fan of audiobooks um, and also podcasts. Um, so recently, probably a couple of the biggest ones have been um, the book Shoe Dog, uh, story of Phil Knight and Nike. Big fan of that really inspirational. I'm reading a book right now called Play Bigger um, that I find really exciting, kind of looking at how do you define and create a new category, which is something that when people ask us, like, what's Visco like? It's always been difficult because we don't fall into any existing category. We're kind of a little bit of here, a little bit there. And our goal's always been to build our own category. And so never put it as eloquently as, as the authors did there. Um, but it's a book that I've really loved reading recently. Another one on the kind of management side of things, just finished a book called The Coaching Habit um, that I found with a lot of really practical advice, highly recommend to anyone that manages someone. I can't remember the exact article on Medium, but it was around kind of this next generation of social being more around like a hive and looking at kind of uh, uh, bee colonies, which is something very interesting because a lot of how that article described is a lot of how we look at social and community and connecting with others. So um, it was definitely a really great read. And then finally, kind of my other big daily basis is uh, design boom. Um, and so, again, kind of just on the design architecture side of things, it's something that I'm continually looking at and seeing and dreaming, quite honestly, of, you know, what might be someday for me. So, yeah, those are some great resources and we'll make sure we link to those so other people can check them out. So do you have any last thoughts or personal models that you live by and you think other people should know about? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I think. There's something that really just embodies me, and it's something that my dad is has taught me from earliest on is really to out hustle everyone around you. And it's it's something that it's what I can control. Work hard, let your work speak for itself. Um, and so that's something that I you know continue to really be a motto that each day get up and and work as hard as I can. Leave nothing left in the tank is I think you know something really key there. So um, and then. You know, really a lot of my mottos just in, in being a manager and running a company, a lot of them come from my wife just in how to treat people better and be more empathetic and listen. And so it's something that I have to work on a lot. I'm very quick to react. And so it's always to just to take a deep breath and try to listen and understand why someone's sharing what they're sharing with me. And so that's something that it, it works well in everything from sales to managing to even the, the creative process. Uh, and I think you know, we'd all be better off if we did a better job of listening. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, uh, some great piece of advice and a great way to end the show. Joel, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us today. It was amazing to have you on the show. Uh, my pleasure, Tyler and Franco. Thank you so much. That's another episode of Hack to Start. Thanks for listening, and we hope to have you join us again soon. Remember to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and on the web at hacktostart.com. We honestly couldn't do it without your awesome support, so please leave us a review on iTunes. Until next week, and we hope you enjoy the show.